Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another rousing edition of NFT Sundays. I am Colborne Bell with the Museum of Crypto Art, and I am joined today by the incredible team at Lago Frame. First, we have Jackie, and second, we have Scott. Beautiful. So, you know, this is how we start every episode. I would love to just hear a bit of background about how you got here. We're going to be talking all things display uh, and NFTs today. So just a little bit about, uh, you know, your background and, you know, the solution that you've brought forward. Sure. Uh, are, we, are we going ladies first? Did we say ladies first? Let's go ladies first. Let's go ladies first. Okay, cool. Thank you, gentlemen. Much appreciated. Um, so, so thank you, Paul Bourne, for having us today. Lovely to be with you. Um, my name is Jackie, and I work with Scott on the partnerships team at Lago, primarily handling, art handling artistic and cultural partnerships. Um, my background is artist management, primarily. And in about like 2017, I started to get really interested in crypto. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, I had a baby and, who slept very well, um, and I sort of had weirdly an abundance of time to kind of like read and, and listen in and I had many artist friends that I had worked with over the years that said hey you've always been such a big champion of artists rights NFTs like it's your jam get interested you're gonna love it and I had my husband saying saying sort of the same thing um, so I started to network and I started to go to conferences and I started to try and meet some people and I actually ended up meeting lovely Scott, um, who spoke on a beautiful panel at the Christie's Art and Tech Conference. And I told him a little bit about my background, where I had come from, that I really liked dealing with artists. Um, and, I, and I really sort of wanted to, to work with a luxury brand in the space and, and help forge those artistic partnerships. And that's how I land here today. Super. I love it. Scott, will you regale us? I think I could do that. Well, first, I wanted to say thank you so much for having uh, myself and Jackie on NFT Sundays. And, you know, you, you guys have been doing a phenomenal job of putting content, content together. Really interesting people. So um, I feel honored to be included in your guest list thus far. So thank you. Pleasure is ours. Oh, man. Um, story, history, um, how we got here today. I, you know, I know we have, you know, a good amount of time, but... I, I don't. I feel like we. I don't want to bore everyone of the historical. <laughs> read about Scott. Yeah, just read about Scott. Then Scott no, is absolute Scott's legend. Never boring. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> you, Scott's you, a legend. Scott is an absolute legend. He's done it all from the very beginning. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't want to tell it. If you don't want to tell it, we'll just tell people to look you up and and we'll jump into it's what you traded. <laughs> it's been told. It has been told. <laughs> it, well, it, all, it all starts in 1985, um, and uh, I was brought into this world. Now, <laughs> and the rest in, is in, history. Around, it's done. So, no, <laughs> uh, I like to start primarily in around 2013 when I first learned uh, about crypto, um, and I was in Union Square in New York City, which you know is a really unusual, usual place. So you have like your your normal unusual things that takes place all the time there. And so because of that, it's not so unusual if you, if, you know, if you know this scene. But one day, I'm walking around, and I took my time always. Um, I would grab some coffee and just observe and enjoy, you know, the farmer's market, the craziness, uh, the songs, the chess players, the NYU students, um, and then just a lot of passerbys. 
But this one afternoon, there was a group of people standing in a circle, um, and it, the way they were doing like this back and forth circle in the circle motion, I was like, this doesn't seem normal, like for the normal that exists right here. And so I went up to this group of people. I'm like, you know, what are you guys doing? What is this? They're like, oh, this is Bitcoin. Do you want one? Um, and so that sort of set me on a path to understand what is Bitcoin, what is decentralization, what is cryptocurrency, what is blockchain technology, um, and how can this better our existence today? Not only here in this first world country that we live in, that I, I'm grateful to be a part of, but also in other parts of the world where this can be so much more impactful in a very short period of time. Um, where I thought I could add value starting off in this ecosystem was uh, more so on the investment side, um, helping founders uh, raise capital, putting deals together um, to be able to support the growth uh, at an early stage. And so I ended up joining a, a really great group. I met this guy named Rick Willard, um, and Rick Willard had a group uh, called the Agentic Group back in the day. And the Agentic Group was putting speakers together um, about specifically blockchain technology. And he was bringing people from all around the world to come speak. Um, and this was just a time in my life where I was soaking in information about crypto and blockchain. Um, even to the fact that, and this is completely random, I don't know if anyone knows the company or heard of the company before, called AlphaPoint, which was a, a white-labeled exchange. Um, so, um, and I'm going to sidetrack here for a second, but um, I was living in this, this like, five-story brownstone walk-up. Um, and I was sort of known as like the mayor of the building. It was the railroad uh, station type of uh, buildings where you have two units per floor. They each have the side of the floor and, you know, the middle of the building is the staircase going up. Anyways, I was on the second floor and I saw someone new moving in um, and I said, hey, let me help you. Let me grab some stuff. Walked him up. You know, he was on like the fifth or fourth floor, helped move him in, welcomed him with a bottle of wine to the building. But this is like uh, that early 2013 for me, and I, I met him right around the same time as I met these guys with Bitcoin in, in Union Square. But I swear, this guy, I thought he was Satoshi. The way he was talking about crypto, I thought he was Satoshi. Little did I know that you know, like I was in his room helping him hang his whiteboard to draw out ideas of how to create AlphaPoint. Um, and so a, a dear friend of mine now, uh, who also was in my wedding, now was the founder uh, of AlphaPoint, who helped educate me in this ecosystem uh, tremendously. But anyway, so going back to the Agenta Group, um, this was a, a, a really great spot for me to uh, meet, learn, uh, and help other founders in the space. Fast forward to 2017, 2018, um, met a lot of great people. And this was a point in time where I could really sink in um, and add value on the infrastructure side. Um, and I ended up co-founding a company called Portis. Around 2017-2018, uh, MetaMask was the only Web3 provider at the time. Um, and, you know, if you were to ask anyone to, hey, I want you to try out this really cool DApp, well, first they'd say, what is a DApp? Um, so I would just say app. I really want you to try out this really cool app. And if you send them there, you know, they'd be like, well, how do I use this? Because they would be getting kicked out because it asked them to use a wallet and you need to authenticate. And it, it took around 10 to 15 minutes for a new person that knew nothing about crypto to even engage. And we were like, there's got to be a better way for new users coming into this ecosystem to have a really smooth onboarding experience similar to Web2, but still giving you know, the power of Web3 of decentralization, of self-custody, of true ownership. Um, and so the company Portis ended up building an, an SDK. 
um, which essentially is a toolkit you give to developers to build into their products. So say I went to a Uniswap for the first time or uh, an OpenSea or a Rarible or, you know, Yearn Finance or Zerion or MakerDAO or, Git or Gitcoin for the very first time not having a wallet, um, now I can just log in with an email and password. And that encrypted the private keys with end-to-end encryption, sort of like a single sign-on, but also encrypting and creating a wallet at the same time. You weren't locked into any browser, any device. It was a cloud-based experience across everything Web2. Um, and so Portis sort of pioneered early on user experience for dApps, um, especially with like fiat on-ramping, uh, going cross-chain, supporting NFTs in 2018, supporting fiat on-ramps from credit card to crypto, credit card to NFTs in 2018. We were the first wallet to support Matic Network before they were Polygon. Um, and, you know, I could go on and on on the Porta side. Long story short, uh, years later, we were acquired. And we were acquired by uh, Shapeshift, um, which is a company created by Eric Voorhees, another tremendous individual in this space. If you don't know who he is, I would recommend look up Eric Voorhees and his history. Um, very interesting and very, you know, ethical um, human being that has really pioneered the, how the exchange business was done. And I would say was an inspiration for Uniswap. Um, and so during that and after that acquisition, friends who were artists, curators, and collectors, like Scott, you've been supporting NFTs for so long, there's got to be a better way for collectors, not only within our ecosystem, uh, the OGs, but also these blue chip collectors from Christie's and Sotheby's and Phillips. There's got to be a way for them to really enter the space and diversify you know, their traditional art portfolio into minted works of art. And in, beyond their phone and a computer. I was like, that's really interesting. That, that's a really big problem. Um, let, let, sure, let's look into this. Saw there was no solution um, that was worthy enough of these blue chip collectors to have in their homes and their galleries and these institutions. Uh, so I thought I would uh, put a team together and go and create that. Which leads us here today um, talking about NFTs uh, for NFT Sunday and you know, spending our time with Coborn and Jackie. All to say that you are incredibly early and you are incredibly visionary. And there's so many little tidbits, tidbits from that story that I like am dying to pull out. Um, you know, for me, right, there's, there's a couple things about NFTs that are critically important. One is uh, the visual language that it's communicating compared to like the intangibility of a Bitcoin or, you know, an Ethereum or just that number in the wallet, you are identifying and connecting with that visual and it becomes very much a part of you and your identity. And I think by proxy of that, it also teaches people about uh, self-custody, about like true ownership uh, the ability to like access liquid markets, global open access markets, the ability for artists to onboard and upload their creativity. Um, you know, when you were, I guess, designing Lago Frame, because you approach it very philosophically, what was like the philosophical implication of creating a display? Yeah, that's a, a great question. Um, so... I love human beings uh, more than most things in life. Um, and I, I tend to come at things less even on the technology side, but more so on the human side in, in all things I try to approach. Um, and, you know, I, I say this often, and I'm sure many have heard this, um, but, you know, uh, I look at my phone here and I have conversations with people about, you know, art and technology and, 
you know, they ask me, well, what's built into the chipset? I'm like, all fascinating questions we can get into that. But let me ask you, do you know the chipsets that are in this phone? Do you understand how the internet actually works? And a lot of the people we speak to actually know how the internet works, just for the sake of the industry that we've been in and like these developer ecosystems. But for the general population, you know, they don't and they don't care. They want a good user experience. They want to do things where it adds value to their life and it has meaning to them. And so I wanted to take that same approach for Lago, where I, I wanted to build community. I wanted to be able to build something that, one, enabled them to enjoy what they enjoy most. They as those that are any purchaser of a minted works of art. Um, and I wanted them, I wanted to be able to bring um, enjoyment into their community to have different type of emergence of art, technology, and community in one, and how they, how it can be engaged. On top of that, I wanted to make sure that ownership was still represented um, without, the, without uh, the crazy steps having to take to go to Etherscan, to get that metadata, to retrace it back. I wanted to make all that invisible. Um, and, you know, it, at, the, at the heart of it, the one answer is love right because that's what I love most is human beings and so when we thought of how to create Lago it stems from the love of community the love of art the love of technology and how we merge those in into one experience um, and then like we could get into how I personally think we envision that um, and how the buyers and collectors can also engage in that what I want to run with is that you know when I was beginning to put these artworks in metaverse environments how critically important to me it was that there was that token that was represented you know because anybody could of course like upload a jpeg an mp4 into those environments display those environments but for mm -hmm. me that was that was not true ownership so you know what like somnium space allowed me to do that was just uh pivotal was for somebody to go in, read the wallet, and understand that that artwork was actually part of the museum's collection. Click on it, see the artist, see the description. Um, and because of, you know, your wallet background, I think it's just so absolutely critical that you've baked in so many of these features of true ownership into this frame. Um, so I'd love for you just to, to touch on that for a bit, if you could. Yeah, of course. Um, from the wall side, I think there, without getting into the engagement side, there are three core areas which I wanted to make super simple. The first is the authenticity and the provenance, which is key uh, and which is so special that we can do because everything that we represent on Lago is on-chain. And because it's on-chain, we're able to pull that information um, from Etherscan and other services uh, and representing that back on a card um, in a certificate fashion that can appear and disappear uh, on demand for the art. Um, and, you know, for beginners that are coming into the space that may want to have a frame like Lago but don't have a large collection yet, that's okay. Even though we uh, enable you to, you know, log in with any wallet, um, a key component to Lagos, you know, this curation aspect, have trusting in the curation of tastemakers such as Museum uh, of Crypto Art, um, such as others, that if you're curious, 
these entities will curate experiences of what they think is influential for the time being and you'll be able to click into that and, and see and have that on your frame without owning it which I think is really important to bring new people into this space without having you know thousands of pieces of works or you know tens of dozens of pieces of NFTs because first you have the curious and then you have your buyers but what I enjoy most of the authentication and on-chain aspect is now you can see the ownership um, in a certificate as well who actually owns that um, and you don't get the full experience of if you were the owner of that piece uh, but you get to enjoy a taste of that piece and you get to see the provenance, the historical pricing, where it was at prior to, um, how the NFT has traveled, uh, who currently owns it, um, and really dive into that information, but in a way that's presented to you without having to deal. I absolutely love that. And I want to kick it over to, to Jackie, if you could please like tell us, um, because I am personally not like very envious of your position. I imagine it's very difficult to begin to like approach people <laughs> and for, for partnerships and begin to kind of like uh, explain all of these new features and this new world. And, you know, you're in New York City, which is such obviously an entrenched traditional art city. I'm curious, um, you know, which points uh, with people that you speak with are really resonating and what are the places where people mm -hmm. are still confused? So... So Scott and I actually have one thing, I mean we have many things in common, but we share a mutual love of people and actually of listening to people. Um, and I find with partnerships specifically, and I, you know, I learned this over many years of being an agent, right, because you're, you always find yourself in this middle spot where you, you have um, different groups of people working towards a mutually beneficial common goal, but they don't always see the path the same way. So. I find that if you listen to people, like really truly listen to them, there's an abundance of information that you can catch. Um, so I kind of approach all partnerships always from that angle, like try and listen to what the pain points are, how I can help, how I can break things down, and how I can make them easy. Um, excuse me one second. <coughs> and I think the thing that the thing that I find people get most excited about is actually our gesture control. So like. With the logo, you know, if you're an artist, a creator, or a collector, you have both the ability to create a piece of work and know that it's going to be displayed the way that you want it displayed from the artist's perspective and also from the collector perspective. So you know that, that what you're buying and what you're showing in your frame is exactly as it's intended to be. Um, so that, I, I always find that that part of the conversation gets people super excited. And then also... Um, you know, we have, a, we have a frame sort of around the display which is customizable, which, which obviously gets people super excited as well from the artist to the collector, even to the brand partnerships, because they know that they're getting something bespoke for them, and what, what's landing in their home or their space is exactly how it's intended to be. Yeah, I've I've seen these frames. They are just like exceptional quality. We thank you so much for like bringing them uh, to us. Maybe you just and you've been just everywhere crushing it. So you know, maybe just shout out some of the early partners who've been using it. What they've been doing with sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so actually, last night we did an activation with Super Rare and, and Tagliatella. Um, at their space in Chelsea where we showed um, Super Rare curated a collection of Genesis pieces and um, Tagliatella actually also added in three newer works uh, from artists that they represent. So Super Rare has actually been, been a 
pretty nice partner to us. Um, and we're, we're working on a couple of interesting things, which I can't reveal just yet, which are very exciting. Um, we've done activations of East Denver. We're going to be over to Portugal next week, uh, Freeze LA. I think with every sort of first partnership t step that we take, we really try and think a lot about the ethos of Lago, the brand, the environment, the setup. You know, we built a luxury product, and we want to make sure that it's viewed in a luxurious way. So, so just like really kind of like um, paying attention to all of the details is super important to us. And uh, go ahead, please. I just want to say that um, um, although we haven't done any exhibitions yet with the Museum of Crypto Art, I consider them family to us um, <laughs> in 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 the way that <clears throat> the ethics that you hold. Um, in the ecosystem are so important, um, and uh, I envision a lot of different future collaborations. Well, look, you know, we've both been around since 2017. You know, there's people that make it, and there's people that make money. Um, and if you don't kind of ground it in some, like, deep philosophy, you, you, <laughs> you know, you ha only have one reputation. Yeah. We saw a lot of people kind of burn it up front. Uh, and this is going to be a hectic, volatile market, right? But the need for display, as we continue to push forward with metaverse technologies, AR, VR, the ability to have it in your home, to see it, to be proud of it, to abstract it from your phone or your computer screen is monumental. And everywhere that I've been, for the most part, I have been very disappointed to see Samsung screens like turned on their sides um, and saying, like, this is art. Because for me, no, that's a television uh, in which I've been programmed my whole American life to receive like mindless dribble. So I think the focus on, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the focus on like a high quality product and frame to speak I'll to the value. What. Yeah, please. Um, here, here's where I am thankful for Samsung though. Um, and, you know, I think you and I, and I don't want to speak for you, but potentially can agree upon is that even though I came from the DEX world and truly decentralization and self-sovereignty, um, the same reason why I was thankful for Coinbase, especially when they first came in the market, is because they did such an education game. They did such an education push. And it brings new people completely who know nothing about anything into the space, curious. They dabble. Um, they either stay within the custodial side or they push it further, and then they enter into the decentralization side. Yeah. I think the same pattern is going to happen with, with Samsung. So I'm thankful that they're going to be doing a huge education push. They have a lot of money to do that with. Um, and, you know, there will be plenty of people that are going to be very happy with their Samsung product and that will be happy searching around on their TV, you know, football, um, you know, watching their, you know, housewives and then going to their NFT collection. And that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. But then there will be those that will do that, um, are not satisfied in the sense that, hey, I, I, I want to become a real collector. I really love this. I want to I have something worthy of my collection. And then they could venture off and find products like Lago. And or maybe they may, you know, see something in a gallery and like, ooh, that, that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. So all, although I agree with you, Coborn, um, on how I personally feel when I walk into a gallery in our early days of these experiences, um, you know, I still think and I'm thankful for that they're entering the space. You know, because how much harder it would be for you and I doing our education going to galleries and speaking with them. But now we have these big conglomerates coming into the space of you know, uh, um, uh, validating our thoughts and experiences 
but now we can maybe shine that light um, and show them the manner of which it should be done. And I thank you for checking me because I'm such a critic, right? And I, I just like want to be exponential now. And I always forget that it's, it's stepping stone, right? And it takes, well, it takes. We've been in it for so long, you and I both. And like, you know, the, the, the fires that you have in your soul and that you are, you know, it's like time comprehension is so far out. Um, but we're so far back and we need to sort of, pace ourselves to that line and it's challenging yeah i totally agree i mean it was just funny to me to see like you know <laughs> la- last minute scrambling for basil people running to best buy like buying every screen they yeah. could and but it's uh it's it's just you know it's we see how incredibly <laughs> important it is that we turn this movement experiential um and you know i think what crypto was always so good at in the beginning was of course like bringing people together and this you know these screens and art in general it brings people together and it invites different opinions and it allows people to have like diverse conversations um and it's just like a tenant of the blockchain community and i feel like society it doesn't welcome it as much as I, I wish it should. So I just, I just love the way you guys are like recentering the art and the conversation um, and bringing these four people to experience. It's just incredibly important. Yeah, I mean, I, just like the creativity of the developers of what they create in the open source, open source economies, um, I get that excited about opening up our APIs for creators to control our hardware. I mean, like last night, there's this beautiful piece. Joe Irado, um has this really cool physical piece of this wooden ship um, with an octopus tentacles over it. And for his first NFT, he has the ship with the tentacles over it. Um, and it's like it, it's a layered video of, of uh, a frozen lake or body of water with the cracked water in the boat bobbing back and forth with this gentle snow coming down and in the uh the captain's quarters uh in the ship where he he he's the, you know the captain driving um it, there's like these lights flickering and going off um and as i was explaining to an, uh, someone who was uh, memor- mesmerized by it i was like imagine if you were to use our apis to control the hardware here maybe the snow would get more violent the louder the room got. Hmm. Or maybe the quieter the room got, the snow got more peaceful. And, like, you know, it, it, it enables the art to be reactive and creative based on the environment. Or maybe, you know, there's a, then another piece that had this open sign on it. And maybe in this piece, you actually use our gesture control. And if you get this right gesture sequence, it unlocks something and opens and it gives you access to this next pass of whatever you want for the community. Or maybe access to be the first person to buy the artist's next piece. Or maybe I have four frames in a, in, in a row and as I walk by it, the piece follows me from frame to frame to frame. Or maybe like, you know, based on my breathing and my heart rate changes, it changes the art. I mean, I, there are so many different limitless permutations that can be done that will create conversations, will create dinner, you know, engagements. It's almost like, you know, in, in some cultures, they sit around and smoke hookah together. In some cultures, they sit around and, you know, have wine together. This, this 
is going to be a, a, a new frontier of art culture, of conversation, and how limits are going to be pushed, that we go beyond a display. We physically become a canvas for the creators to create upon in a metaphysical way. I mean, it's a beautiful thing, and that really gets me exciting. Okay, yeah, like we could talk about this like, you know, for, for the rest of time, because this is incredibly exciting to me as well. Uh, a couple examples, like, I think everybody is feeling kind of the tiredness of like JPEG attached to token, right? It's, mm-hmm. it, you know, generative art has been getting people excited because of, of stuff like this, because it is a random uh, or it's, you know, a controlled output with random variation. Um, I saw something very cool from an artist on our artist council, Fabien Rashid, in which he built a program to craft 3D sculptures based on his heartbeat. Right. So and then, of course, like what we're working on the museum with stuff like the virtual curator, right, where you have an AI machine learning group brain that is aggregating information about peace history, peace story, and in which you can begin to have a conversation with the frame and have it tell you uh, who is this artist? What is this about? Um, And for me, that is just a, a totally next frontier that I'm really, really excited to explore and know that you guys are just baking in a ton of tech, again, to open up those APIs and allow developers to really kind of like hack the frame. So just very cool. Yeah. It's experiential. It's exciting. It is. It really is. I mean... (laughs) And you, yeah, and to bring it into like one's own home is next frontier. Uh, I remember like going to Super Blue again in Miami, um, and there was a big screen on the wall in which you walked, and it was raining, but it would sense you were there and like block out the rain from you. And then as you moved away, like flowers would grow behind you. It's it's just incredible um, where and we're going. And those experiences there, those costs you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to create that level. Yet, you know, we're creating something with the same technology, if not a little more, but condensed into an at-home package, which you can experience and much more personalized, you know, that, um, uh, I don't know, I, I, I get uh, a little emotional and tied up because, you know, I can't wait to have this product at its full performance um, with the art that will be created for it and with it. Um, and it's only a matter of time once we release into the world um, and how that will change and what will change with it. Super, super exciting. Do you want to tell us just kind of like strict hardware specs? Because I know like sourcing hardware is incredibly difficult. Uh, I know it's like, you know, square frame and processors, and, but you guys have like cracked this code, I think, in a way that, that few have. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, the way we look at it right now is, you know, we have um, our square frame, um, which when you walk into a room, you're going to know it's not a TV, um, which we think is very important. But more so, um, wh- one thing we know we're never going to compete in is we're never going to be the Samsungs, the LGs of the world. We're never going to be able to compete in like the 8K, 9, 20, 40, 50K, whatever it's going to crazily be. And for the mass production that you know these TV player, these TV suppliers can create. However, where we focus on is that true engagement, um, and we focus on 
you know, the true NFT optimized resolutions that to the eye is, you know, better than best. Um, and, you know, from microphones to, um, you know, camera sensors to, um, you know, um, you know, IP um, location, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, um, so that things can be based on your location, whether it's the sunrise, the sun setting, the lunar cycles can all be programmatic into it. Um, uh, it's, you know, partnered with the master and dynamic uh, sound bar, so the sound quality is extremely high. And um, so Jonathan Levine, who's uh, one of our co-founders, he uh, has been building hardware for 25 plus years, partnerships with Louis Vuitton and Lamborghini and other very high-end brands. Um, and so the level, and this is actually funny, I was at Pace Gallery um, having a conversation with them early on when, uh, when Lago was just an idea um, and we didn't have the physical piece yet. Uh, we knew we were building it, but nothing was physical yet. They bring us up to a, a room, and in this room, they had Master Dynamic, a very high, like this special uh, soundboard um, and speaker system. And not only was it with me, but I was with Jonathan. And so we're laughing, like, Haha, see, you already have our equipment. And, you know, now you know the level of quality we're going to continue to build. Um, so that, that was uh, a very entertaining moment. Jackie, tell me, you know, where are like the dream places that you want to get these <laughs> frames into? Like, my gosh, I mean, the church, <laughs> the church, yeah. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta get some into Kingston? the church, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously, like the marquee gallery partnerships are something that is that are really important to us. So the pace, the, um, the Hauser, the Zwerna, the, the, everything that's sort of happening in that world, the auction houses are, you know, we've been, we've been having conversations with. I mean, there are so many artists that we're having exciting conversations with that I'm super, super yeah. excited to work with. So I think the thing about this market is, like, it's a new collector base, and different and new entities emerge that are interesting and important for different reasons. So, like, you know... At Pace Gallery, who's been around and in the fine art space for, for millions of years, is just as interesting as, and as important as, as something that perhaps hasn't been. So, and yes, many people. Yeah. yeah, and do you, I mean, in, you know, yesterday, right, like Museum of Modern Art just announced that they were looking for a Web3 associate. So, whereas, right. you know, I personally thought this was going to take many years to develop it's increasingly becoming a necessity that there is some sort of strategy and there is some sort of showcase. Mm -hmm. And these are just, you yeah. know, these are grounded physical uh, places. So to have like that visual, are you finding them increasingly receptive? I am. I mean, I'm finding sort of, um, yes, increasingly receptive, but also like in the education phase. So, so they're moving into this space, they're figuring out how to do it properly, and they're figuring out how to do it in the way that works for them. Right. And I think Pace has, you know, started with their own marketplace. We're seeing partnerships formed. Yes. We've seen galleries, uh, you know, invest in markets like Maker's Place. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I pulled myself out of New York City, so I'm, I'm not so much like boots on the ground anymore. Uh, so I don't really have like a, a, a true pulse on this, but it's just, it's fascinating how quickly, you know, we've gone, I guess, mainstream. Um, yeah, and, and do you find just like artists 
that you have traditionally worked with also more receptive to the medium? I do, yeah. I mean, I think, like, there's curiosity about the medium from anybody and everybody. But, but to my earlier comment, you know, like, like, curiosity is really important, but strategy is even more important, right? So, like, I find, you know, fine artists that have been creating works for many, many years that sort of just are like, okay, let me, I'm going to take this piece and tokenize it. That, to me, misses the mark quite a bit, right? Because you're really ignoring who the new collector base is and what's really and truly interesting. So, um, I... You know, the slow process of education and figuring out how to do things properly, I'm actually totally behind, and, and I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I find the hardest part is not getting an artist to mint a piece, but it's going back and teaching them all of, like, the foundational elements of crypto that you need to kind exactly. of, like, manage. Because, you know, I think one of the, the largest sticking points, of course, is the, you know, 10% ongoing secondary sales revenue. And that is something that should be like passed down and inherited. And the maintenance and security mm -hmm. of those private keys is of critical importance. Um, so, I mean, do you find that that is also kind of like a major education gap for a lot of these institutions and artists? I mean, I think that the institutions and gallerists and the third party organizations like the Dementis and et cetera are the ones primarily having those conversations. Um, I have had a lot of interest from artists, like photographers that I've represented over the years in the space that have been like pretty preliminary and, and I have been sort of like um, trying to teach them. But I, from the partnerships perspective, I really sort of come in as the display solution once the strategy and all of that stuff has been talked through and I kind of like help, help them figure out that end. Super. I have like so much love for you both. You give me so much energy. Super grateful for what you're both doing. Uh, how about like share with us some, some final words, some last thoughts, and where everybody can find you? Final words. I mean, thank you so much. This has been an absolute treat. Um, you are always so very kind and generous of your time, and it is much appreciated. Um, it's my pleasure. Yeah. God. Final words. I mean, I feel like I have to say that I am like eternally grateful for Scott. To, for Scott. Um, because he is the reason why I am here um, and how I have found my path into this space. And it is an absolute pleasure, and I enjoy every second, and I'm looking forward to enjoying every single second in the future. And you can find me um, on Twitter or Jackie at LagoFrame.com, or um, I won't Spell give you my phone number because that's weird, but it's J-A-C-K-I-E at LagoFrame. You know how to spell that, dot com. Oh man, um, last thoughts. A lot of a lot of things running through my head. Um, you know, I think I'll follow in Jackie's lead. Um, one saying thank you for the time here today. Uh, you know, Coborn. Thank you. It's always, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, um, and Jackie, thank you for that. That was nice to hear. I appreciate that. Obviously, you know, Lago would not be the same without you. So, um, without getting too much into the love fest here of how much we like each other. Um, I'm really excited for the ecosystem. I'm really excited to see um, how art will change once artists think about the engagement, not just the visual aspect. Um, I'm excited for you know collectors to start diversifying their portfolios into minted works of art. Um, I'm excited for uh, people sitting around a table and you know, like enjoying their their Lago frame and you know getting their their friends excited about it um, and having them enter the space. Um, so, 
I, I, I'm looking forward to one day just walking on the street randomly and hearing people talking about Lago um, and how they experience this new piece of work or maybe how they experience like a, an old Picasso in a, in a new way um, or maybe like who knows, like whatever is going to happen in this world. I can't predict it. Um, I'm just excited to see where it goes and, um, you know, everyone that's listening in the future of this podcast and video and, um, and conversation is all having their hands and making that a reality. So thank you, viewers and listeners. I appreciate you and everything you're doing to make this a reality. Yeah, so much love for all of the things that are going on. I think the energy you guys bring is totally, totally infectious. I'll tell people, like, get your art off the computer screen, get it off your phone, get it into a frame, <laughs> sit with it in your home, dig into the depths of the pixels, uh, and, and live with it. It's so important to begin to live with, to experience, to share with others. Um, and we'll sign off here. I'm Colborn Bell, Museum of Crypto. Thank you so much to Deminti uh, and Jackie and Scott with Lago Frame. Y'all are the best. Breaking news. Breaking news.